Praise God. It's good to be home. Amen. This is home to me. Thank you, Pastor Ken, Pastor Holly, for allowing us to be here at Lighthouse again. We are certainly grateful to be able to fellowship with you. Uh, my, my little boy is next door. The moment he knew he was coming, is Tyler going to be there? <laughs> so he, he's next door with Tyler and, and Lucas, and he's enjoying himself. So it's home to him, too. So we're, we're grateful to be here. My wife is on the West Coast. She's in Los Angeles working, but she, she sends her love. And so uh, we're, we're just eternally, eternally grateful. Uh, I thank Pastor Ken for that introduction, and, and I thank him for the wisdom of sharing with you how to receive, because we are all different. Um, I don't know if you may be able to sense, since I have this big flowered jacket on and these white patent leather boots, that I may be a little different. <laughs> but guess what? I, I love being who God created me to be. And I love being able to express God to people the way that he created me to express his love and goodness to others. So, um, so one of the things that happens sometimes when I'm ministering, and I, and I like to say this so people aren't caught off guard, um, sometimes as I'm ministering, I will begin to, to pray in tongues. And what I'm doing at that moment is there's, there's something in my spirit. Remember, Paul said, pray for me that uh, utterance, that the door of utterance would be open to me. And sometimes as pastors and leaders are sharing a word or they have something in their heart from God, sometimes trying to get it out with understanding, because sometimes we can, we can see it down on the inside, but getting it out with understanding is what needs to take place. And so sometimes when I'm doing that, I'm trying to grab hold of what I'm sensing and, and feeling down on the inside and, and bring it up and bring it out with understanding. And so, so I'm praying in that moment in the Holy Ghost and believing God to to give the interpretation of that in my message as I'm ministering. Does that make sense? And so I just want to explain that because that's just kind of how it happens sometimes. It may not happen, but it may. Uh, first, this morning when I said that, somebody shouted out to back, yeah, it'll happen because that's just generally how I flow. But it's all good. Amen. We're going to arrive at the point that God has for us. Pastor, uh, when we were worshiping this service, you know, sometimes you go to minister and you know you have a message from God. But then there are times when you know in your heart you are on an assignment. And saints, I'm telling you, when I was worshiping uh, here a moment ago, it became very clear to me, I'm, I'm not just bringing you a message. I'm on an assignment. My heart is connected to this place. My heart is connected with your pastors and leaders. My heart is connected with you. My heart is connected with what the Spirit of God is doing here because I don't know if you sense it or not or realize it or not, but there's a move here. There's a move of God taking place here. And I want to witness it and I want to be as much of a part of it as God will allow me to be. But God is an amazing God, and he is desiring to do amazing things through amazing people. And I believe he's found an amazing church with amazing pastors and an amazing congregation. Amen? Amen. So thank you all once again for allowing us to come. Uh, the, the support staff, Pastor Josiah, who's, who's one of my sons, Randy. Uh, I'm not going to start calling names. Andy, <laughs> uh, my, my brother John here, we prayed together. But I thank God for all of you and, and for the opportunity to be here this morning because we are 
connected. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the assignment that you've given me this morning for this house. The assignment that you've given me this morning for this atmosphere, for this area, God, for what you are doing and desire to do. God, I pray that with, with skill, with wisdom, with maturity, with the maturity of the Spirit of God, that I would be able to fulfill and complete that assignment to your glory. God, don't let one word that you want spoken fall short. God, in the name of Jesus, let everything that you desire to come forth today, to come forth with boldness and to come forth with power. God, in anything that is not of you, I thank you right now that it will not come forth. God, this is for you. It's for your glory. It's not about me having a platform. God, it's about you being able to work the work that you desire to work for your glory in your people. Empower your people. God, empower your people. Empower your people to prosper. And God, when I say prosper, I don't just mean financial prosperity, and we thank you for that. But God calls your people to prosper in the things that you've called them to do, in who you've called them to be. Father, thank you that blinders are removed today. That ears will hear. That eyes will see. That understanding and wisdom shall come. In Jesus' name, amen. So I call this message, I think I said in the first service, um, the prayer of illumination or praying for illumination. Prayer is what got me here. It's being able to interact with God. Which prayer is conversation with God. And I can't do what I do without, I'm, I'm one of those that have to depend on God. I'm not talented enough. I'm not one of those people who are talented enough to get up and fool you really well. <laughs> That's not me. I have to have God. I found out a year ago that I, am ADD. Wondered for years what was going on up here and why I couldn't get things to where they need to be. And I cried out to the Lord and, 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 and found out that I was ADD. I'm not ashamed of it. I went and got me some medication. I started working with some coaches to help get myself organized. I'm going to become better. Yes. But remember, uh, Paul had some things going on with him and he cried out to the Lord three times and for it to be removed and, and, and the, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. So I, while I do believe that healing is available to me, while I'm waiting, I'm leaning on the Lord. 
and his grace that is sufficient for me to stand before you. And the monk and the Kolabase, and do the things that he's called me to do. And that right there just sets somebody free. That right there just sets somebody free in their mind. Because we all have things that cause us to need to lean upon the Lord. But it doesn't have to stop you from being who he's called you to be and going where he's called you to go and doing what he's called you to do. I got to get into my message. Okay, here we go. (laughs) So I'm going to set up this prayer of illumination for you, okay? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to begin in verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 4, and I'm in the King James. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. So the first thing I want us to see here is where it says the earth was without form and void. That speaks to a chaotic state. There was confusion. There was chaos. Things were out of order. Sounds a lot like where we are today, right? A lot of confusion going on out there. A lot of chaos going on out there. But God had an answer. Amen? And he has an answer today. It says the Spirit of God was was hovering over the face of the deep. The Holy Spirit is still here. And guess what? He's here in me, and he's here in you. And notice he was hovering over the face of the deep. He did nothing until he heard a word from God. What circumstances and situations in your life are not changing, but the Holy Spirit is waiting on you to speak a word from God? Because the same power, see, we don't have a different spirit. We have the same spirit. The same spirit that was there hovering over the face of the deep is the same spirit that lives inside of us. The Bible says it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken us, shall give us life. And so we have that same life-giving spirit. And he moved when God said, let there be light. And the moment God said, let there be light, the Holy Spirit took the word of God and created light. It works the same way in our lives. As we get a word from God, and we begin to declare that word from God, and we begin to speak that word from God, the Holy Spirit is able to take the word of God and create what needs to be created on our behalf. Then we see that when the light was created, God said that it was good. And then he divided the light from the darkness. Saints, I believe that one of the places that we are today, one of the things that we are dealing with today as the body of Christ is that there is a divide going on. There's a separating going on. God is separating the light from the darkness. God is making a distinction 
if you will. God is making a distinction between what is him and what is not him. What is his and what is not his. He is separating light from darkness. Because, you know, over the years, that we, we have churches on almost every corner in America. We have churches almost on every corner. And a lot of pastors now, if you communicate with them, they, they are trying to navigate this season that we're in since March of 2020 or April, March of 2020. When we, when we were not going to churches in that time and now that we have begun going to church again, a lot of churches are empty. And pastors are trying to navigate this season and figure out what's going on. I believe that there is a separation taking place where God is distinguishing light from darkness. What's his and what's not his. What's his way and what is not his way. But how many of you know we are going with the light? Amen. We're going to go with light. And so it is important to pray so that we understand that light, we embrace that light, and we walk in that light. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 17, read 17 through 23 in the Passion Translation. And this is Paul praying for the church at Ephesus. He says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. To know him through your deepening intimacy with him, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of hope, of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of his immense power as it works through you. Amen. This is the mighty power that was released when he, God, raised Christ from the dead and exalted him exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, every authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age coming. And he alone, he alone, I need you to grab hold of that, he, Jesus, alone, 
is the source, is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. Jesus alone is the source and the leader of everything needed in the church. Jesus has to be leading the church. Thank God that you are sitting under pastors who is allowing Jesus to lead the church. Because Jesus is not leading every church. In some churches, programs are leading and numbers are driving it. And we have this many people here this week and we have that many people here next week and we better get this. No. Jesus is the source. He's the leader and the source of everything that is needed in the church. It's not our programs. It's not our conferences. And I'm not putting down programs and conferences. But is Jesus leading it? Or are we doing it to say we had a conference? Because if we are saints, I'm telling you now it is in vain and God is making a distinction. It's not going to be like it used to be. There is a distinction being made. Where light and dark are being separated. Jesus has to be the leader and the source. It says, and God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, us, his church, are his body on earth. And that which fills him who is being filled by it. In other words, our completeness is in Christ. Nothing or no one else is going to complete you. Your completeness comes through Jesus Christ. And so I want us to look at this one particular verse, verse 18. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. Saints, we need our imaginations flooded. We need a mandobosi. We need, we need our imagination flooded with light. We need it illuminated. Because that's where we get in trouble. How many of you have felt like the devil was messing with you? And at the same time, you felt like the devil was messing with you, messing with you. You talked to somebody else that felt like the devil was messing with them. Okay? The devil is not omnipresent. It is impossible. He cannot be over here messing with somebody 
and over there messing with somebody at the same time. Only God is omnipresent. So what does he do? He trains us in our minds to think wrong thoughts. Because if he can grab hold of our minds, he don't have to mess with us. He's after your imagination. He wants you imagining wrong things about yourself. He wants you imagining wrong things about your spouse. He wants you imagining wrong things about your teacher, about your boss, about your neighbor, about God. Did God really say? Bo ya nan Just a suggestion. Did God really say? Are you really a Christian? You know how you just acted. Are you really saved? Are you really delivered? Are you really free? Is God really going to do what he promised you? Can you really trust your wife? What are your kids really doing? Did that teacher really say that? Is my boss really going to do what he's... The power of the imagination. I told him in the first service, a lot of our marriages are sabotaged because of our imagination. How many of you have ever walked into a room and, and you said hello to a person and they just started going off and you don't even have a clue why? They had a conversation with you in their imagination that you're not privy to. I was working a job several years ago in a position of leadership. Young lady got to work a few minutes late, wasn't just, just a couple of minutes late, one or two minutes late. And she walked in and her assumption was that I was going to have something to say because she was a couple of minutes late. And when she walked in, I said, good morning. She said, I got kids. Yep, and they're getting to you. <laughs> you do, and they're wearing you out. <laughs> but what happened on that drive when she knew she was going to be late, she began building up her defense because of the conversation that she was having with me in her imagination. Our marriages suffer because of our Imagination, because that's, that's, that's the one place that we can escape to that nobody else can see us. But God sees us. He said, I know your thoughts before you think them. We have spouses. We, we, we have people who are married to someone in their house and someone in their head. And here is where the problem is. The person in their head 
they built. And they took a little bit of this person who's perfect in their eyes, and they took a little bit of this person who's perfect in their eyes, and a little bit of this, and they built a spouse. And that spouse is a Frankenstein monster. Y'all know who Frankenstein is, right? <laughs> Frankenstein was, he, they, he had an arm from this person, or a leg from this person, but he was a monster. And we have people who are married to a monster in their head and the monster in their head is chasing out the spouse that is in their house. And they don't even know how to fight because they don't even realize where the monster is. But it's right up here in the imagination. And the spouse in the house can never live up to the spouse in the head. I'm going to say that again. The spouse in the house can never live up to meet the measurements of the spouse that you've created in your head. They will always fall short. So what what happens? We need our imaginations illuminated and flooded with light. We need our imaginations washed out, saints. We build children. We build our children in our minds to be the perfect children that we dreamed of having that always sits still and never talks back and never gets overly excited and never does anything wrong, that perfect child that we pictured. is causing dissension and strife between you and the child in your house. And some of you have wondered why I can't get along with my son or why I can't get along with my daughter. You need to kick the child in your head out so you can embrace the one that's in your house. Because the one that's in your house is the one that God gave you. The one one in the house is the one that God, God formed in the womb. The one in your house is the one that God said, I'm a, God could take a little bit of the mother, God could take a little bit of the father and put them together and make a perfect child. We create monsters. We need our imaginations flooded with light. The other thing that happens in our imaginations, are we okay this morning? Y'all, y'all, come on. Listen, the other thing that happens in our imaginations is, y'all brace yourself, you ready? We operate in witchcraft. See, I knew knew the air was going to be sucked right out of the room. But stay with me. I promise you I'm in the Word. 
promise you I'm in the word of God. Stay with me. See, we think we don't deal with witchcraft in the church because there are no brooms in the parking lot. But let me tell you what manipulation, I mean, what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is simply manipulation. I need you to do something for me or I want you to do something for me. You don't want to do it or you don't want to do it when I want you to do it or how I want you to do it. And I'm going to talk to you and try to use my words and my imagination to manipulate you into doing what I want, when I want, and how I want. Saints of God, that is witchcraft. Now, I'm not preaching that to you and having not had to go to the altar. And if I were completely honest, I have to keep that thing on the altar. Because most of my life, I was a manipulator. My wife and I went through some things a few years ago. And my wife said to me, you're such a manipulator. I'm Pastor Julian, what are you talking about? (laughs) But when I went before the Lord and allowed him to search my heart, and speak to me and show me what was in me and the mindset that I had from the hurt and the pain and the wounds and the scars and the disappointments of life. I had to realize what a manipulator I was. I, listen, I didn't intend to be I didn't set out to manipulate. But I was trying to protect myself. And I was trying to cover my own scars and my own wounds. I was trying to heal myself. And if I thought you had part of my healing, then I tried to manipulate you to get that from you. So saints, we need our imaginations flooded with light. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 6 in the Passion Translation says. It says, for although we have in the natural Although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion 
as soon as you choose complete obedience. What does the Bible say? Rebellion is as the sin of what? Witchcraft. So we have to bring every thought into obedience to the word of God, which means we have to have our minds illuminated, flooded with light. Do you know when you look in um, Galatians chapter 5 where it talks about uh, the works of the flesh, not the works of the devil, the works of the flesh, one of those things that is listed is what? Witchcraft. It's a work of the flesh. But when we allow ourselves to be illuminated, have our imaginations flooded with the light, with the truth of God's word, then we begin to see the fruit of the Spirit. Love will not allow me to manipulate you. Do, do you know love will let you make your own decision? God is not into witchcraft. If he were, everybody would instantly be saved. But he lets us do what? Make a choice. And when you attempt to oppose your will, when I attempt to oppose my will on others, I'm practicing witchcraft. We're washing out our imaginations this morning. We're getting clean this morning, saints. Why? Because there is a move going on. I'm telling you, there's a move going on in this place. And God is separating light from darkness, even in us. Do you know we have to have light from darkness separated in us? What did he say in the word of God? The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Soul and spirit. The word of God divides and it separates and it, and, it, and, it, and it points out those things that are inconsistent with the truth of his word. Let me show you the power of imagination. Why we have to have our imaginations clean. Why God sent me here with this message. Because he is about to build something in this area through Lighthouse. He's about to build something in this area through you. Let me show you the power of the imagination. Go to Genesis chapter 11, and I'm going to move quickly with this. Listen, Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, and they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime. And they had, for, and they had slime for mortar. And they said, go to. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. 
and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad from the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, God said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. God said these people's imagination is so strong if we don't if we don't go down and separate them because they are one there is nothing that they will be able to imagine that they won't be able to do they didn't even have the holy ghost living on the inside of them what do you think will happen when we as saints of God with the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us allow God to clean out our imaginations and our imaginations are now used for a holy purpose and we get on one accord and begin building the kingdom of God here in the earth. That's how powerful the imagination is. Now listen, this is what God said to me between services. He said their idea wasn't bad. They were trying to make it to heaven. But they were doing it their way. We have a lot of churches that are doing a lot of good things their way. We have a lot of people that are saying a lot of good things. Saints, there's a whole lot of philosophy, uh, philosophies and ideas and things trending on social media that sound so good. And the body of Christ has been embracing those things, allowing uh, Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook to tell us how we should love. No, the word has to tell us that. We're allowing those things to tell us how to embrace others. No, the word has to tell us that. We have to have our imaginations flooded. Their idea was right. They were trying to get to heaven. But they were doing it their way. They were skipping all over. They, had, they, they didn't sacrifice the first thing. There's no way to the Father except through the Son. And he's everything. He's the leader and the source of what the church needs. So we have to have our imaginations flooded with light. Last scripture here. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. If God is speaking to your heart, listen, I, I'm telling you, I had to go down to the altar with this. And like I said, now I have to keep it on the altar. Why? Because I practiced for so long. I have to keep taking it back to God and until, until that mindset is gone. If God is speaking to you this morning and leading you to the altar to repent, don't wait on anybody else. Don't be ashamed. So it's saying, it's time to, it's time, you know what? It's time to grow up. That's right. It's time to deal with where we are. 
so we can get to where so we can get to where God is taking us and we don't have time for shame because listen I know you've done it because you're human if God is leading you please take advantage of the altar this morning Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love? How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all of this. He will achieve, listen, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dreams and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. God doesn't want you to get rid of your imagination. He wants you to allow him to purify your imagination. God is not looking for you to stop thinking. God is looking for you to think according to the truth of the word of God. God doesn't want you to shut your mind down. He wants you to open your mind up. He wants you to allow the truth of his word to enter into your mind and wash out and push out everything that is unlike him so you and God can work together with you your imagination and him blowing your mind saying if you can imagine it I can do it and if I can do that I can do greater than that saints of God it's time for us to use our imaginations for the glory of God what can you imagine what can you imagine building for the kingdom of God what can you imagine building in your own home how can you imagine loving your spouse differently how can you imagine showing your children the love of God in a different way God says if you can imagine it I can do it and not only can I do it I can exceed it I can go beyond it But we've got to get, we've got to get them cleaned out. We've got to get our mindsets cleaned out. We've got to get rid of the wrong thinking. We've got to stop trying to manipulate people. We've got to stop trying to control situations. And we have to allow God 
to cleanse and purify us. So saints, I want you to start praying these Ephesian prayers over yourself. How do I pray it over, over, over myself? Paul said, Paul said, I pray for you that the Father of glory. So how do you pray it over yourself? God, I pray for me. You take the same word, mando bose, and you just, you just put you in there. God, I'm not going to wait on the pastor to pray for me. God, I'm not going to wait on, on a prophet or, or an apostle to come in and pray for me. God, I'm going to pray for myself that you would flood my imagination with the light of your word. That my understanding would be enlightened, that I would know the hope, God, to which you called me. Because you're called to glorify God. Your marriage is called to glorify God. Your children are called to glorify God. The saints, we have to allow our hearts. We have to allow our minds to be flooded with the light of God. We do that a couple of ways. We do that by praying. We do that by the word of God. The Bible says the entrance of your word brings light. And then we do it by the spirit. Ephesians chapter, uh, uh, chapter, Ephesians, um, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that it's the, it is the word and the spirit that transforms us into the very image of Christ ask God to flood your imagination ask God to purify your imagination I don't know about you but but I've been in some dark places in my imagination coming coming from from sexual abuse coming from a a, a lifestyle of sexual perversion I, I I could let this thing take me into some wrong places and I wish I could tell you that that the mind never wants to go there but now that I have a better understanding when it begins to go there, I say, God, I thank you that my imagination is illuminated by the truth of your word and that you flood my mind with your light so that I can let the same mind that was in Christ be in me. Amen.